This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Hi. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, hey. You can tell um, that this is the fourth night of this leg of the tour because I have no idea what my hair is doing right now. I really don't. I really don't. Oh, I know what mine's doing. What's yours doing? It's fucking not getting washed and getting in pigtails. Oh, really? Yes. This is my, oh shit, I think I have to stop doing this when I turn 40. What am I going to do? (laughs) You mean no pigtails past 40? I don't know. I keep pushing it further and further, though, so I feel like I'm going to be no pigtails past 80. (laughs) Someday. I have an idea. You can keep the pigtails past 40 and well into your 60s as long as you wear high vinyl boots and a mini skirt with them. <laughs> done. Done and done. Dun, 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 what if I just dun, dun, ripped dun, dun, this dun, dun, dun. and it, I had that on underneath it? <laughs> uh, speaking of outfits, look at yours. Oh, yes. Well, that's okay. Oh, oh Canada. Um... <laughs> Pockets, that's right. I have pockets. <laughs> two. I asked for two in this one, and they gave them to me. Wow. <laughs> you must know someone at the top. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Add a second pocket. I have two hands, and I'm going to use both of them. Mm. Um, well, I mean, what to say about my outfit? It's from Land's End. Wonderful... <laughs> catalog for women who have their own rutabaga farms in <laughs> New England and uh-huh. um, I didn't realize that they made dresses that fit me perfectly and have pockets until I ordered one and I was like Land's End you're my boyfriend forever 
um, new boots that you hate because oh, yeah. they hurt, but they're got, so cute. I've got boots that are making me pay for every sin I've ever committed in my life. <laughs> fun, which is fun. Mm. And... Uh, yeah. There's a guy right there. I know, I know. For you. There you go. Guys, also, I got these tights at the drugstore right before I left Los Angeles. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> these tights are light gray at best. They're nowhere near black, so now I'm doing black, gray, black? Ruined. <laughs> the look is ruined. Um, Cancel it. But that's okay, because my hair's all fucked up, and I look like a girl named Donna who smokes at the bar. So <laughs> that's the character I'll be doing tonight. Right? She's fun. I, can, I love Donna. Donna? She's the best to hang out with. Um, well, I look all dressed up tonight. Yes, you do. Thank you. There should, was, should I have said that to you? No, I'm, I mean, I'm not complimenting myself. <laughs> Truly, if this isn't dressed up, then I am fucking, I quit, you know? <laughs> um, but when I, but I was going to tell them about what I look like when I fly. Yes, please do. Uh, that's the best. Oh my God. Okay, here's the thing, you guys. I'm not one of those like girls that look really pretty when they sleep and wake up. Who That's are those just girls? Not my thing. They're, they're, they have princess Mannequins? hair. Yeah. No, not real. It's not me, which is fine. Uh, I don't but, think that's anything anyone needs to strive for. No, right? If we're now worried about being hot while we sleep, Ugh. let's just fucking give up. It's insanity. Let, let's not. But you know those movies where it's like, she looks like an angel. It's like, that's not me. I Because they have fucking makeup artists that are coming in to touch them up every right. five seconds, and they're not real. And they're not sleeping for real. It's a movie! Right. I have, beauty standards, turns out, are <laughs> fucked up. They're fucked. Because the reality is, sometimes what you look like when you're sleeping is that your fucking entire jaw has unhinged, <laughs> and you are just wide open with your mouth open, and you um, are on a plane, and you're wearing sunglasses because the fucking asshole in front of you didn't get the memo that everyone else's fucking windshield, is that what they call them? Nope. It's closed. <laughs> and so it's bright. And then it turns out you have a husband who takes a photo of you while you're sleeping. He's fun. And you love him. You still love him. Yeah. Vince. Go, go. <laughs> I swear to God. This one does not get old. It you does not it. get old. You know what's really I, yeah. fun is people were posting. People took pictures of it last night yeah. and posted it. It's so much funnier from the back of the room. I swear <laughs> to God. Just the scope of it. it. I feel like this weekend has been the get over it tour for me. Of like, <laughs> this is just how your life is like now, and it's totally okay. Which is, fun. I'm like, great. It's pretty great. And I love that Vince. I, I don't know. I, 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 nor, I've told him before. Like, I love when you take candid photos of me, but this isn't what I meant. <laughs> at you all. didn't really mean candid at all. No. No. And he doesn't normally do that. And so when I woke up, he, um, he turned to me to show me what he had done. And, but he had had his, he had his uh, earbuds in, so he did that thing where you yell because you have music on. So we're on a plane, a small plane, shows me the photo, turns to me and, tells, and yells what he thinks I look like. He goes, the Unabomber! <laughs> on a plane! He yelled, the Unabomber! <laughs> you shouldn't do that. <laughs> If I was on the plane and I had my earbuds in and I was going to show you that picture, I would have said, Blind Paddington Bear! 
But you weren't on that plane. <laughs> Turns out I missed that plane. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I, this lifestyle I really love, and I, I want to make it as rock and roll as possible. So <laughs> what I did was roll, because normally, and this is kind of boring, but normally we leave uh, for our flights out of LAX, which is like 1,000 miles away from where anyone lives in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they actually made, uh, or Vince booked us on a flight out of Burbank, which is... Mm. Literally 10 minutes down the street from my house. It's so exciting. And it's like you just breeze in. They're like, they look at you and they're like, you look fine. And you just yeah. get in. It's yeah. the easiest thing it's ever. It's easy. It's very small. Right. And um, they have fucking valet parking. <laughs> they <laughs> do. Like, they know who it's for. Yeah. Total assholes right. in Los Angeles. Exactly. So our flight was at 9 30 mm-hmm. and I left my house at 9 15. <laughs> I don't know. At what point did you realize that, like, that was? Had you? I don't know. I have so many questions. I can actually tell you. As a fucking obsessive compulsive uh, on timey person, I just am striving to understand. Um, I, I don't think I can explain it to you because I'm an obsessive compulsive not timey person. Where <laughs> you know I'm almost fifty years old and clocks still baffle me. I'm like, what? <laughs> How is it that time? Like they're actually being mean to you. Yeah, they're attacking me personally. Yeah. I had detoured myself a bit uh, plucking every hair off of my face before I went. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to have uh, very thin eyebrows on the airplane. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know what happened. All I know is when I went out to pick up my bag and I looked at the clock, I just started screaming fuck really loud. <laughs> like that was going to get me there faster. But what was funny is, and I kind of love stuff like this, is when I went up to the counter to check in at Alaska, the woman, when I said, oh, I'm on the 9.30 flight to Portland, she goes, the 9.30 flight? What? It's already closed. <laughs> like, it was her fucking flight. Like, I ruined her <laughs> tour weekend. Like, she had a show in Portland to get to that night. I was like, bitch, unbutton that vest. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> So I had to text, I, as an adult, had to text another adult and tell them that I missed my fucking <laughs> flight that was arm's reach from the, the front door of my house. <laughs> Vince was like, no problem. I'm going to book you on the 11 a.m. flight. And here's how he's a brilliant man because he's teaching me how to not miss my flight anymore. Instead of flying first class on Alaska, I was now flying on Southwest. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, that one that you have to line up for with people who have never seen numbers before in their fucking lives, it turns out. With all the people, there's like a section of businessmen that like to fly Southwest and talk about their dumb jobs at the top oh. of their fucking lungs. Have you ever Dude. sat in front in the front of two businessmen that were like, well, last, last week we were in Albuquerque. And it's yeah. like, sir, the yelling is unnecessary. <laughs> That guy was on, uh, I hate to break this uh, Southwest hate fest we have going on, but <laughs> Don't that guy it. was on my flight. Oh. And I was in that first class we spoke of, you sleeping mean- like this. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the general s- manager of... He said uh, Albuquerque. Yeah. Fucking swear to Did God. Did he really? I swear to God. They're all the same. They're it's all one Albuquerque. going around and pissing people off. It's like a prank <laughs> show that never pays off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, and then, so okay. then, but I go, 
I interrupted your... Because, no, I think that was it. Okay, great. I mean, we're talking about airplane flights and shit. These people do not care. <laughs> How can they? How can they? Um, <laughs> oh, that's, speaking of that, this is my favorite murder, the podcast. Oh, hello. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This is Karen Kilgariff. And this is Georgia Hartstar. Hi. Yeah. Uh... We're very happy to be here at Canada with you guys. Yeah. We had um, a very exciting thing happen at the border. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys all drove up today and we were behind you. Yeah. Because when we got to the uh, lady in the the box, um, Mm -hmm. Vince handed over all our papers and information and she said, what are you doing or whatever? And and Vince said, we have a show tonight in Vancouver. Uh And And she goes... Oh, you guys are doing the show? And we're like, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I ever, uh, what did she say? Everyone coming through is going. Yeah. Or something like that. She didn't, she, she said something like, I don't have to ask about it because the last 10 people yeah. told me about it. <laughs> you guys are our ground team, spreading the word. Thank you so much because we were able to smuggle so much heroin into this country. They That's never right. looked twice at us. That's right. We're posing as podcasters. <laughs> we have an international it's drug smuggling the ring. The best cover ever. <laughs> uh, Steven's not here. No. There's not enough room under this table for him. Do you want to know where he is? I'll show you where he is. Oh. That gets sent to me <laughs> the other day from my house of Mimi. <laughs> I mean, have you seen him? bitchier cat's face in your life? (laughs) (laughs) Truly. The most judgmental cat. She's like, you're not using that filter, are you? Right. Here's the thing. At some point in the future, Stephen's going to be, I think, a father and a husband. (laughs) Okay. Can you imagine stumbling upon a picture of your father like that? Just being like, what the fuck? Oh my God. My dad used to dress up like a rabbit online. Oh my god, and get judged by cats and that the, look like Daria? And like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Dad! Holy shit. Mom, the Easter Bunny's here, and I think he might be a sex pervert. <laughs> Mom. Mom, the Easter Bunny has a mustache. Or maybe she's having flashbacks because every year I have these Easter Bunny, this like Easter Bunny bonnet I put on her. Do you put on Mimi? Yeah. Oh, she doesn't like that. No, but it's so quick. <laughs> I do it so quickly. I get one photo and then I put it up and it makes me happy and brings me joy. And she realizes that that's happening. No. Look at her. No, I know. If she was on the stairs and I was there, I would just wouldn't go upstairs. <laughs> I mean, Mimi doesn't fuck around. Yeah. It's like, it's like putting a bonnet on Ruth Bader Ginsburg or something <laughs> like that. Like, how, who are you? Why would you do such a thing? If anyone knows computers, could you please give Mimi a Ruth Bader Ginsburg tight bun? <laughs> Just that real I'm tight, like, cold, hardcore, Vancouver, old that ballerina. That's your thing today. <laughs> That's your assignment. That's your assignment. If you choose to accept it. Um, and then we have one more that I want to show you okay. of um, what, what Steven did to my cat. The, I, he, I don't know where he fucking even got that, you guys. It came out on Thursday, that like new line of shit, and he somehow acquired one. Uh, I did get my uh, flu shot, and I got $5 off $25. Oh, good job. Yeah. Yes. 
That's your flu <laughs> Cheering shot. Cheering for a flu shot. Right. Yep. yep. And then he dressed my cat, which feels like a like a personal, you know, attack. It is an attack on you for sure. In a shirt that says that he's himself. Yeah. And the and I know that sweet look in his face of why you know <laughs> like I know that look I've, he, I've seen it when I like I do you know when I hold him like a baby and he's like I don't want to do this but I love you yeah it's that or maybe you put like reindeer antlers on him yeah. at Christmas <laughs> he's Jewish oh sorry <laughs> he's Jewish he's the world's only Siamese Jew cat <laughs> No, there's a lot of them, actually. Are there really? Mm, it's a whole network. We have a Facebook page. <laughs> Subgroups. Yama, little yarmulkes we put on. You should actually get just one single shirt made that says, I'm the Elvis. I'm the Elvis. Right? Or like X out the uh, N. I'm in. I'm uh, Never mind. We'll work it out. We'll work it out backstage. I'm sorry, guys. We're, we're, uh, we're workshopping for the next show. <laughs> Do you mind if we just talk about merch for a while? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a quick merch meeting. <laughs> And get back to you. That's right. Um, uh, should we sit down? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Oh, yes. Yes, we Canada. O- we ordered the punk rock Thank chairs. <laughs> and we got them. The punk rock extra duct tape. <laughs> this chair's about to tell me to fuck off when I sit on it. Okay. Uh-huh. I can handle it. That's right. Like, this, these chairs have Mimi's look on her face. Yeah. Of... Really? They've seen so much. They have. That's comfortable. There we go. And here and there. Oh, I like these. There's a little ring down there or like a bar I can hook my boot heels oh. on the back of. And then just, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Oh, God. You're scaring me. I wish I was closer to the edge of the stage for that. <laughs> crowd surfing. We have to start crowd oh, surfing. Totally. Would you guys... <laughs> We just break everyone's fingers, their poor faces. People who do not listen to this podcast that work here are like, what in the fuck is going on? (laughs) What is any of this shit? Oh my God. (laughs) Um, This is a true crime comedy podcast. Yes. It's confusing to some people, except for that person. (laughs) This is a... We, like to, we now have a viewer discretion warning at the top of the show mm-hmm. because we know that um, some of you guys like to force people to come here with you who don't listen and don't care, um, yeah. aren't interested, don't get it. But and, got promised a nice dinner. Right. Kind of wish you would order something more expensive to make this worth it. <laughs> but so, uh, for those people who aren't sure, there's a true crime comedy podcast, which are you know, some might argue diametrically opposed concepts. Uh-huh. True crime being all about uh, murder and the loss of human life and tragedy, and then comedy. Uh-huh. Um, and it can be very kind of complex and layered. Yeah, it's like, it, I just realized it's those two, uh, you know, comedy and tragedy. So Masks, nice. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't that our logo? That should have been our logo. Yeah, it is going to be our logo. Next year, we're going to turn our logo <laughs> to the comedy tragedy masks of theater. I mean, truly, nothing legitimizes you more than the comedy and tragedy That's masks. right. It's like we're, we're of the theater, yep. and we're also fucking nerds. Yeah. So, yeah. listen to our podcast. Right. Anyway, the whole uh, point of this speech is that um, uh, sometimes the comedy combination of those two things might 
be offensive to some people who don't know us or don't listen. Uh, it might it might seem wrong to you. If you're one of those kind of people, we just we really want you to know that you should get the fuck out now because it's it's not going to get better. It won't get better. That's right. You know, before we start, I printed up some fun Vancouver trivia. Do you want to hear did? it? Yeah. She yeah. didn't tell me that. I, that was a, that was my my reaction from the theater. <laughs> Truly. Oh. You did. You did. Yes. Tell me everything. Well, because Stephen sometimes sends us an email of trivia. <laughs> yeah. God bless his soul. He really busts his ass for us, and all we do is just give him shit and make but, fun of him on stage. That's not yeah. cool. He's like truly loves my cats, and I'm like, ew, ew, <laughs> don't put a shirt on it. <laughs> but like, Stephen's trivia. Uh, I think one of the only things in that email it just said that the California rule was invented here. We're <laughs> <laughs> just like, thanks, guys. Thanks, Stephen. Although interesting, what the fuck? <laughs> it's nothing like this trivia that I got out of the Vancouver Sun. For real, in 1908. Uh, Jeff the Boxing Kangaroo amused big crowds at the Pantages Theater. So that's, that's the kind of shit we have to follow How tonight. How are we going to follow that? I don't know. Shit. Jeff. Somebody named a kangaroo Jeff in 1908. Oh, my God. It's called being a visionary. Yeah. Ahead of his time. I mean... In 1909, the following year, Vancouver took its first mechanized ambulance out for a test drive, and it immediately ran over and killed an American tourist. No! <laughs> yep. No! Yep. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Wow. What a bummer. Jeff, the boxing kangaroo, was on the sidewalk giggling behind his hand. Jeff. Fucking stupid American. <laughs> in 1931, uh, the province newspaper had this startling lead to a story. One person in every 300 in British, British Columbia is insane. <laughs> That's hilarious. Including your ambulance drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was back when ambulance drivers had to, like, stir up their own business. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It was like a private company, and yeah. they were like, well... It was for-profit ambulancing. <laughs> <laughs> in 1920... Oh, wait. I didn't do this chronologically. In 1920, uh, in Surrey, um, loggers found an eagle's nest so big it was too large for a farm wagon to haul away. Well, that just makes you assume that the person knows what a, how big a farm wagon is. I'm from the suburbs. I'm pretty sure every farm wagon is standardly about two bales of hay wide. <laughs> and four long, right, I would say? You stack them up four. Right. Well, it sounds like a big nest. I mean, I'm saying it was a fucking pterodactyl nest and no one's talking oh, about it. God. I'm here tonight to say you guys... Legends. <laughs> ...are the land of the lost. <laughs> <clears throat> and on October 11th, 1939, Vancouver's first public aquarium opened. The manager was an American named Ivar Hagland, Ooh. who later moved to Seattle and opened a restaurant called Ivar's Acres of Clams. He's always been into seafood. Loves, he fucking loves it. Oh my God. I don't want Acres of Clams, personally. I'd Eight, like half a dozen. You could, it would take you so long to walk over Acres of Clams. <laughs> 
Okay, the final one is um, margarine has been was banned in uh, British Columbia for seventy years. You guys, <laughs> you you guys are not fucking having margarine. No, what did margarine ever do to you? The British Columbia dairy industry. It was margarine. Uh, they they banned it in eighteen eighty six. They what only happened? unbanned it in nineteen forty nine. What happened in eighteen eighty five? Everyone, someone, someone who was like in charge of banning shit, got a bad batch of margarine. Was like, fuck this shit. Someone at, like was given a piece of toast and they bit into it and they were like, um, who put Vaseline on my toast? <laughs> I don't want that shit. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, we're passing off as butter now. And they're like, no, you're not. And when did it come back in the eighties? Uh, Forty nine. Okay, because remember how big it got in the eighties? That was margarine's fucking heyday. Everyone lost their shit. Every every everyone's mom who was reducing. Yes. And going to fucking jazzercise. <laughs> and Jenna Craig. Yep. Yes, that was uh, the I can't believe it's not butter years. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I you couldn't guys, believe it. It wasn't butter. Let's talk about. Country Croc. I thought it would be fun to kick off with some trivia. I love Local it. trivia. I love it. Thank you. Listen, you did it. You guys did it. You guys named that thing Jeff, not us. <laughs> it was you all along. Well, there hasn't been a kangaroo named Jeff. In over 75 years. <laughs> now do it as a drunk person. Oh my gosh, you know Jeff? Hold on. <laughs> do you know Jeff? <laughs> I'm going to tell you about Jeff. <laughs> That's okay. Don't clap for drunk Karen or she'll come back. <laughs> You'd love it, wouldn't you? No, I would fucking hate it. You would? I bet like a day would be great. Yes. But like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Then it would be like, I have to drive. <laughs> There's a lot of that behavior. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Um, we have a clicker here. Vince told us not to press that button. I'm not gonna. We don't know what happens. He called it the Ghostbuster button because there's just a circle with an X through it. And we knew immediately what he meant. Lights go off. Foam party starts. We'll press it as we leave the stage. Okay. I'm stalling because, all right, this is what happens. Let me just tell you, I'm, I'm first, right? Yes. Because I chose to be. Because something, this thing happens, you know, you're going through your week and you're like, I got to pick my murders for this weekend. And you like do this, you know, sweet Steven sends you a list of like ideas with like one line of description in the beginning. You're like, I can't do that. I can't do that. Great. Fine. I'll do that. Like I did fucking, what did I get? D.B. Cooper yesterday. It was just like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> this it was one. good. It was really you. good. It was fun. I had a great time. Good. Well, that's all that matters. Yeah. So this one I picked, and then I started, and, it, and I was dialed in, and then I started researching it. How come no one ever told me about this one? It's oh, the it's... most insane thing I've ever, never heard about. Really? I'm, like, obsessed with it now. Um, it's the Abbotsford Killer. <laughs> what in the fuck, you guys? <laughs> True. Everyone's yelling at us about a fucking asshole pig farmer. When meanwhile, this I is fucking, the most I hate insane that guy. thing I've ever heard of in my life. Shit. Okay. Um, and I and it did bring me the 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 one, one thing that this brought me uh, uh, that is joyful is that uh, I listened. It's so, there's not a lot of information when you just like uh, articles, but there's a lot of documentaries, and then there's a couple podcast episodes about it from True Crime Podcast, which brought me to my new favorite podcast. It's a Canadian true crime and dark history podcast called Dark Poutine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> truly. How great is that? Like you just immediately know you're gonna like these dudes. <laughs> I, it's great. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it is already dark, right? <laughs> I, Do you have questions? You, you have any questions about it? Uh, I, I'll ask later. Okay. I just God bless you for that name. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful work. So I listen uh, on the way. Uh, from Seattle to here, and it's there's beautiful fall leaves. Oh, oh so it's gorgeous. so gorgeous. We don't have that in oh, California. We don't have trees. We don't. <laughs> Everything burnt down. <laughs> oh, I didn't fucking do it. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> no, it was. I Jack. was out there in the forest, 
give me this. <laughs> I have matches. I have matches. Do you want matches? All right. So let's get into this, because shit. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Around 5.30 in the morning on October 14th, Saturday, uh, 1995, in Abbotsford, British Columbia. It's about an hour from here, right? On a good day. I don't know. <laughs> A 16-year-old girl named Misty Cockerell stumbles bleeding, beaten, and nearly hypothermic into the front doors of MSA General Hospital. Uh, Despite a massive fracture in her skull, she's conscious. They said it's the size of a a fist, a hole the size of a fist. She's conscious and able to tell them that she had just woken up near in the parking lot near right by there after having been beaten by a man with a baseball bat, and that. She was with her friend at the time, 16-year-old uh, Tanya Smith, and, sh- and Tanya is now missing. She had just woken up, come to, stumbled through the fucking horse. Holy fuck. That's right. Um, despite all her injuries, she survives. And later, t- later that morning, she tells police that Tanya... So this is the story she tells police. She and uh, Tanya had been at a party that Friday night. So it was Friday the 13th. And, um, and they, they were at a party in Surrey. They left around midnight, got a ride closer to home, and they decided to walk a few blocks to a different party, a couple blocks from their house. And they're all joking about it being Friday the 13th. Misty, who has a great dark sense of humor, says that uh, she joked, watch, some guy's going to jump out of the bushes and try to rape us. Uh. Yeah. We, and she said that we laughed it off and continued walking. Just a few blocks into their walk, they stopped when they heard a man's voice behind them, and they, the guy said something like, uh, you bitches want a party? Like, something terrifying. Um, they dismissed him like some asshole, kept walking, and they, he did it again, and, when, and they turned around, and they noticed that he had an aluminum baseball bat in his Ugh. hand. Um, the guy steps out of the bushes, grabs them both by the arms, and then pulls them through. It's like a tall, like thick hedge. Pulls them through into the parking lot. He orders the girls to strip, and uh, Misty doesn't move. Tanya starts to take her clothes off, and uh, as he, as the guy focuses on uh, Tanya, Misty realizes that he had put his baseball back down. This fucking badass chick grabs the bat and swings it at him oh, and shit. like hits him. <laughs> She was like, I, she refused to leave, to run and get help, and she just didn't want to leave her friend, so right. she hits him, they start struggling, she yells for Tanya to run, but Tanya didn't want to leave her friend either, um, and unfortunately, he gets a hold of the bat and begins to to hit her with it. She says she counts seven hits before she blacks out. Oh, fuck. Um, when she comes to, and this is what... This is another thing she later says, is she remembers as she's lying on the ground after the seventh hit, she says, I open my eyes and I see my high school, because it was like across the street, and I remember thinking that that's going to be the last thing I see is my high school. But Ugh. what they don't put in that, the article I read and I had to see somewhere else is, I was pissed off because I fucking hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> Which I... Was just, I mean, amazing. Seriously, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, that's the most depressing thing of all time. Yeah. Oh, there. So, and it's great. So these girls are 16, and it's 1995. That's and they're in high school. It's exactly my age, pretty much. And I just the thought of me being 16 and going through this 
you know, it, it's insane to me that they went through this and that Misty was able to fucking joke about it this way. It's bananas. Um, she, when she comes to, uh, when she woke up after being, after passing out, she comes to you, Tanya's gone, she finds her way to the hospital, um, through the front doors, and she describes their attacker as very tall with a receding hairline and remembers looking into his eyes and knowing that he intended on killing them. Ugh. Um, then later it's, uh, it's said that as she entered the emergency room and stumbled in, the, the triage nurse caught sight of her and began to scream. Uh, and she says... That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> that's really saying something. Yeah. She's a fucking triage nurse. Yeah. She says, quote, I thought, man, whoever came in behind me must be re- in really rough shape. <laughs> I know. This I love her. sweet baby angel. <laughs> Shit. Uh, sadly, later that morning at about 7.30 a.m., fishermen at Vetter Canal, which is about 10 miles away, uh, find the naked body of Tanya Smith. She had been severely beaten, sexually assaulted, and then thrown in the river face down where she drowned. Uh, this killer became known as the Abbotsford Killer. So uh, Abbotsford is a Bible Belt community. I think it's, it was really conservative at the time. I don't know if it still is. It's like a bedroom suburb of Vancouver. It is. Um, Welcome. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Uh, and so, of course, I mean, like any town, they're like fucking shocked that that happens here. Like, you know, they're into Jesus and stuff. <laughs> Don't say his name like that, Georgia. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus. Jesus. Da, 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 da. Okay. So they're all fucking freaked the fuck out over this, understandably. And I grew up in a fucking Republican-ass town, too, that was suburban, bedroomy community, and that the shit would have, we would have lost our minds. So uh, a joint investigation is launched between the Abbotsford Police and the Chilliwack RCMP. Chilliwack? Yeah, thank you. You did it. Chilliwack. I was like, I know I'm going to get that wrong when I saw it earlier. Uh, days after their attack, okay. Fuck. Okay, days after the attack, they're uh, setting up a hotline for tips, and they get a fucking phone call. Uh, let me show you the girls real quick. I sh- I'm sorry. Let's get that up. Like that. I look like that. They probably that she has a choker on. I wore chokers. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, it was required in the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> so. A co- the, a, they get a phone call. They're not yet taping, so that's not recorded. The caller said, or no, they're taping, but they're not. Uh, Tracing. Tracing it. Thank you. Yeah. The caller says that he's Tanya's killer and he was giving them a chance to find him before he starts looking for his next victim. Whoa. He gave a gruesome piece of evidence that only the killer would know that they had, of course, kept out of the media and that he had bitten Tanya's nipple and he tauntingly told them that it tastes good. Ugh. This fucking asshole piece of shit. Um, so the call is, that was like the second call he had made. That, that call's traced. The time police arrive at the location, the caller had fled. It was a phone booth. And they f- dust it for fingerprints. Can't find any. And 20 minutes later or so, the man calls back and asks if the police thought he was foolish enough to leave fingerprints behind. So he's just fucking taunting them at this point. He continues to call the police to taunt about his next kill and when it's going to happen. He belittles them for not know, not being smart enough to catch him. He's just fucking enjoying it. And in the Dark Poutine podcast, they play all the, um, they play the, what are they called? The calls? Mm-hmm. His phone calls? His voice and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, he just sounds like a, like a normal, it's, fu- you know, it's that thing of like, no one would have known. He sounds like a normal dude and you think he's going to sound like a monster, which sounds like a fucking normal person. It's creepy. I'm sure the town was freaking the fuck out. Um, da, 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 da. Okay. 
So uh, the calls terrorize the lower mainland and they're gripped by fear. Inspector Rob Giel described the driver uh, case, oops, I just gave something away, as uh, (laughs) one of the most bizarre in his 27 years of police work. He says, I hope I never see anything like it again. The way this individual taunted the community and put this community in a state of fear was like nothing we had ever seen before. Um, So (laughs) a fucking suspect Three people call in this... Okay, so... Okay, a sketch gets drawn. Okay. All right. Yes. A a composite sketch based on Misty's description of him. There's two of them, and these are them. Oh, yeah. Take a look at those. You see those in the paper, (laughs) and you're like, well, I'm moving. (laughs) And never leaving the house again. That looks like David Thewlis, the great British actor. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, in a bald cap. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and creepy. that looks just like a weasel <laughs> with a Hitler mustache, for fuck's sake. So, okay, imagine this dude and, you're, and three people call in and they're like, that looks exactly like this dude I know. Oh. And, he, and I, I saw a video of this guy. It looks exactly like this dude. It's so creepy. Um, he's held, this guy's held in, they are like, we've got the guy. It looks exactly like him and he's kind of like a methy like, street dude. Um, they hold him, and you know, they have DNA and they have um, the bite mark. So they do a dental impression. They do uh, the DNA testing, which it's the fucking mid-90s. So it takes two months. They keep him in custody that long oh. before finding out the DNA doesn't match and it's not him. And they have video of him like piecing out of the fucking, like, he's just like, later days, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and through that entire time, the guy had stopped calling. So they were like, we've got him. But really what probably happened was he's like, great, someone's going to go down for this for me. So he fucking quieted out and lightered. So, okay. So then, then the cops are like, well, they're starting over. They need new suspects. They need this guy to call back. So they uh, decide to put out a uh, article taunting him on purpose. Um, they tell him that, they, in the article it says, like, psychologist thinks he's too scared to call again or he's, you know, taunting him. He responds by uh, doing this insane fucking thing. On February 17th, 1996, a call is made to the local radio station and uh, at Radio Max and DJ Mike Ciccone, he uh, gets a call and the guy's like, go look at the radio station car that's got like plastered with the, it's probably a PT Cruiser. I don't know. <laughs> you know. You're seeing it in your mind's eyes. Yes. A purple PT Cruiser. Exactly. With like. With Radio Max radio across Max. the side. Across the side. Big yeah. Mikey C on mornings. Right. And Stuff they go like to like, I'm sure they go to car sales openings and, yeah. you know, dog walks. I don't know. <laughs> What's a dog walk? Dog walks. Dog you know when parade. You, <laughs> the radio shows up when you're walking your dog. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why dog walk got in there just now. Maybe it's because you showed me a, vi- a photo from the um, Circleville Pumpkin Show today oh, yeah. of the animal parade, and there's a... Tell them what that was. Someone was walking a duck. Did you see On it? On a leash. <laughs> On a leash. A, my dream is to How get Elvis. How else would you walk a duck? Well, walking a duck is like, well, you know. I'm doing On it. a leash, I said. <laughs> Sorry. No. Mm. It's great. Okay. This is insane. (laughs) Okay. Fucking Mikey C. Yeah. Goes out to the Radio Max car and finds uh, that someone had 
tossed a concrete headstone, gravestone, on the fucking hood of the car. It's fucking Tanya's headstone. No, what the fuck? I fucking know. If this was a movie, I'd be like, I'm not watching this anymore. Yes. <laughs> it's stupid and bad. It's like... That real, like, can you imagine, then they show Mike C in, like, some old video, and he's just, like, some, you know, like, some kid, guy. I'm sure he's just, like, moving, I'm moving, goodbye. That's insane. Um, So he had gone, and I had fucking stolen Tanya's gravestone, and there there was, like, a photo of her on it, and he had fucking etched messages into it. Jesus Christ. Including saying, I'm still out there, I'm the one. And, quote, she wasn't the first and she won't be the last. And then he writes, one day, Misty, and Misty's the one that survived. And her whole family's already in fucking protective custody or on, um, what's it called, witness protection program, right. obviously. You want to see if, too bad, you have to see it. Whoa. Where is it? Right there. See? Holy shit. I know. Well, how have we never heard of this? Protect- I know. The fucking pig farmer again and this. <laughs> you guys are holding back. All right. So, okay, hold on. Okay, the community. Go, everyone's. Everyone just starts screaming. <laughs> we don't blame you. Yeah, everyone just like goes grocery shopping and lives there and like mows their lawn while they're screaming. <laughs> terror, which I totally. Yeah, we understand. Um, then two days later, a note taped around a heavy wrench is thrown through the front picture window of a woman who's fucking home alone with her kids at the time. Later determined she has nothing to do with it. He just fucking picked a window. Um, inside the envelope containing the note, uh, mentioned three other assaults that the killer wanted credit for. He included clippings from the articles in the Vancouver Sun on the unsolved murders of three women, Vancouver sex worker Linda uh, Tatray, um, Colleen Shook of Burnaby, who was attacked after getting off a bus, and Kim Stolberg, who was killed at her father's Richmond engineering office while she was arranging a surprise fucking wedding anniversary for her parents. Mm. All three women are stabbed to death in 1989, six years earlier. Um, but although horrified, investigators finally have a break that they think they can use. They ha- the, the killer left a crucial mistake behind in his um, fingerprint on the, the tape that had been used to to tape it together. Ooh. Yeah. So, but they kept that part secret. So the police tried many tactics to get the killer to contact them again. They set up a sting operation in malls and at phone booths across the city. Um, they have, of course, recorded and staked out Tanya's um, funeral as well. And um, they published fake stories. And then they had also released a lot of info on the killer, including, of course, the sketches. And then uh, parts of the recorded calls he had made, they were like, can someone please just fucking recognize this goddamn voice and tell us who this is? And then they offered a $40,000 reward leading to the arrest. So uh, they have this plea. They put the, um, oh, they put the, the voice, the, what his sounds like, out, and then they, if you want to hear it again, you have to call this 800 number, and they put a fucking tap on it so that people who called more than like three times, they were just like, <laughs> why are you, they like knock on the door, and like, why are you fucking crazy? Why are you doing this? You're like, nope, just a murderino, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tr- just trying to solve the crime for you. Yeah. It's kind of my passion. Right. Anyway, great to meet you. You look great in that jacket. <laughs> um, Around this time, 
uh, a woman and her son hear the voice and kind of lose their shit because they fucking think they recognize it. It sounds like the woman's son. And uh, the, the family, the rest of the family agrees. But the composite get, which, sketch looks nothing like him. So they're like, well, maybe it's not him. Um, let's just call it in. So they, uh, the, the police go to the house and they're like, it doesn't look anything like him. We, but we have to check it out anyways. Let's just have a quick, quick little chat with him. But they, the guy is sketchy as fuck. And he refuses to give any DNA or any fingerprints or take a lie detector test, which immediately they're like, well, you're stupid. So finally, the dude comes in the next day with a lawyer, and he says that he'll give them their fi- his fingerprints, but they can only use it to try to match, and then they have to destroy them. They can't use them again. They can use huh, them once. Okay, any other restrictions or needs that you have about giving your fingerprints, you fucking creep? Right. That's me as the secretary at the police station. <laughs> Sassy cop operator. I dig it. Right? Mm-hmm. My new show? I love <laughs> <laughs> um, More than 9,400 suspects had been questioned, and all these people had been t- given DNA and fucking fingerprinted and taken dental uh, shit before. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, when this fucker comes in, they finally catch 31-year-old Terry Driver, and he's arrested. Whoa. That's right. Yes. <laughs> fucking God. I don't remember what else I... That's him. Whoa, it doesn't look... That's doesn't. so weird. And it kind of does once you see some other photos. There's like a... He's like a... Yeah. But the receding hairline is... That's a problem. No receding hairline. And, no. But it kind Like his nose in a couple angles, it looks like him. He's just disgusting. But the Weasley picture looks nothing like no, that guy at all. anything like him. So the methy dude who was held for two months was like, fuck you, bitches. <laughs> and we were like, fair enough. <laughs> I was there now. I don't know. Then they gave him the key to the city. (laughs) So this fucking asshole, he's married with two children. And the reason my hair is in pigtails is because, and I didn't have time for a shower is because just as I was about to uh, do that, I find that she uh, had done a like, I married a monster episode of something. And I was like, well, I'm staying up and I'm watching this. (laughs) These are the sacrifices we make in this podcast for you guys. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, so uh, he's a, just a fucking dude who's married with two children. Of course, he's super controlling and all this crazy shit. He works at a print shop. He'd worked there for five years. Of course, everyone's shocked it's him and couldn't believe it, blah, blah, blah. Um, his father had been a hero cop with the Vancouver Police Department, which you see in every fucking article. But then our friend uh, Scott at Dark Poutine is like, well, guess what? I used to fucking hang out at his house when I was a kid. What? It's insane. <laughs> he was friends with his brother. I feel like I'm. I'm. He. You have to listen to the episode. And You're like tell you my friend it. Scott told me. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows all about these people, and he was like, "Yeah, they had a room that was just full of Nazi memorabilia." No. Uh huh. Uh oh. So I was right about that fucking Hitler mustache, wasn't I? <laughs> I was. I was intuiting it. Yeah. I know a Nazi when I see a drawing of a Nazi. <laughs> um, 
And uh, as when Terry was a kid, at like two years old, think of a baby, a two-year-old. He, they take him to the doctor and like, we can't fucking manage this child. Like, two. He, two. He doesn't respond to, you know, basic discipline. He's already like fucking with people. At By five, they were like, we can't handle him. And they put him in a um, home for like uh, badly behaved children. I'm sure there's a name for that. <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. But that's not... What? <laughs> just <laughs> if you just behave badly, you're going into a home. I love that idea. You know, Canada's very strict, and they just <laughs> manners first is what um, the national motto is. That's so. right. You took the last piece of margarine toast. You're going to school. <laughs> oh, sorry. Looks like you're going to the home. But. You know, it's so funny. That just made me think. A girl that I work with. <laughs> we were all talking about like. crazy shit your parents lied to you about when Uh you're a kid and she said that her dad told her that until she was 10 she could still uh, she could be put up for adoption (gasps) legally (laughs) we were all we were all talking about how our parents controlled us like my dad just had a stare that was honestly like I think heat heat lasers because you could be doing anything and then you'd look over and you'd be like oh my god (laughs) he'd just creep you out from the side they're good at that but she honestly until she was 10 thought she was going to be given away (laughs) that's horrible parenting truly she made it to Hollywood so (laughs) (laughs) she now craves gratification via television writing that's right (laughs) um okay so he went to the home he's a fucking asshole he of course is obsessed with being a cop he wants to be a cop but he's also into breaking into houses and like stealing money from his work all through high school he's like a problem child obviously a psychopath he's a psychopath um during the so they go to trial oh scott also has a story our friend scott at dark routine also has a story (laughs) my best friend this another insane story about how he worked at a fucking paper uh recycling plant and one day through like through the line comes like like secret files from his pre-trial that someone had decided to recycle instead of shred (laughs) you know it's some guy named eric at the fucking cop's office and he's like no no i love trees So it's like it, it, it could have it could have like given him a mistrial. He could have gotten off because of this. He just takes it out of the regular garbage. He's like, guys, we've talked about this. So we have to save the planet. Let's act locally. It's <laughs> uh, insane. Like, truly, why so, did okay. someone at the recycling plant was smart enough to pull that off the line? Scott, what? what? He worked there? Yes. Hold on. Are you sure this doesn't have straight up bullshit podcast? I don't think it is. is Are this... you guys friends with him? He's <laughs> real, right? Yeah. Is he a total liar? <laughs> He's our best friend. <laughs> don't call him a liar. How bananas is that? That's crazy. And it's like they're it, they have like 40 something episodes now. It's their third episode that they do. It's fucking great. Okay. So, then. God, what was number 1 if this was number 3? <laughs> um, okay. So here's the fucking trial, of course. He testifies. They were like, okay, they have a bite mark, they have DNA, and they have fingerprints against us. We're fucked. Here's what we do. We say, and he fucking testifies, I stumbled upon them, passed the fuck out, as people say this. I raped uh, and took Tanya and threw her and when, and realized she was dead and threw her in the water. And then I dropped Misty off at the hospital unconscious and left her there. He says he fucking... Yeah, it's like the most bullshit story ever. Well, and also he's choosing 
a terrible thing. It's not like he's choosing the better option where yeah. it's just like someone else was awful and beat them, but yeah. I was good enough to rape and then drop yeah. one off. I, what the fuck is the thinking there? And it's also like after all this, like these phone calls and taunting and like really almost like seeing like he really is enjoying all this attention to just be such a fucking bitch and not be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty. He you bitched know what I mean? out. Yeah. Classic like, move. Asshole. Um, he said, uh, Three doctors are called to test are called as defense witnesses who have to be real proud of themselves to explain <laughs> drivers uh, Terry's impulsive sexual behavior and bizarre post crime calls because they're like yeah it was me who called and did all the other shit. Um, they said he suffered from the reason he did it is that he suffered from Tourette syndrome and that no uh uh-uh. no no fuck you no. <laughs> Yeah, that's not what Tourette syndrome is. I know. Um, it's a special subset of Tourette's where you always pick up the phone first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can. I can feel terrible taunts and threats coming on. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me call the police. Gotta call the radio station. Um, and then he also, and that it was also explained by OCD and ADD, ADHD. And I was like, well, we all have that. <laughs> yeah, everyone's handling it fine. Yeah. Um, Prosecutor uh, Sean Madigan said he was, un- he was pissed off about the defense using those disorders to explain away his behavior because, quote, there are a lot of people with these afflictions and they function very well in society and I hated to see them branded the same as the Abbotsford killer. Um, uh, amen. <laughs> Fucking badass Missy shows up at the trial, fucking testifies on the stand, looks him right in the fucking face, points him out when they ask him who did it, and, and fucking recounts her entire fucking story. Wow. And does it in his fucking face. Yeah. It's amazing. Incredible. Sorry, I was getting No, I liked face. it. I liked it. It's fun. Um, he, uh, Terry Driver's convicted in 1997 of the first degree murder of Tanya Smith and the attempted murder of Misty Cockerell and declared a dangerous offender and sentenced to the mandatory term of life in prison with no parole for 25 years, um, and, and another 10 years concurrent prison term. And, uh, the, the labeling him a dangerous offender means that he'd probably never fucking get out, which is great. And the, they, they made that up when Paul Barendo did his fucking shithead thing. Bernardo. Let her say what she wants. <laughs> Berendo's a street near where I used to live, yeah, that's right? right? That's it, where yeah. it is. I even wrote Berendo. <laughs> shit. 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 Ah, shit. Shit. Um, in a later trial, he's convicted of the two assaults, the two of the assaults he mentioned in the note he threw out the window. Um, he had also, uh, so one of those, those two are that he assaulted a mentally ill woman living in a group home, Ugh. and he hit another woman over the head with a bat, fracturing her skull and causing permanent brain damage. So he's convicted for those two assaults. Good. Um, after, okay, so after the trial, Misty finished high school and received a scholarship for the Canadian, from the Canadian Crime Victim Foundation to attend the, what did I do? <laughs> to attend the University College of the Fraser. Now, you so. made it so she can't read. I'm scared. <laughs> she gets a BA in sociology. Nice. 
Now she, nowadays she volunteers for victim services and she said her ordeal has made her learn a lot about herself and the support network that's available for assault victims and, uh, in the Providence. She is just coaches p- people and does lectures and, and talks and is just this incredible victims advocate now. Um, she said, quote, uh, victims are stigmatized to feel sorry for themselves forever. And it was really my, it, and it wasn't really my thing. I didn't feel sorry for myself. <laughs> I love her. I know. She's a mother of two daughters and she still lives in Abbotsford and works as, a, has also worked as a bereavement counselor for families of homicide victims. Wow. She's amazing. She says that being a victim of assault doesn't define her, and she prefers to see herself as a survivor, and that is the Abbotsford Wow. Wow. That is an episode of I Survived. No. Yeah. She's on I Survived. Shit. I I just realized that. um, When you said the thing about the hedge, it's just a weird detail from the beginning. Wow. Um... Yeah, I wish I hadn't washed my bangs in the sink and had more time to <laughs> watch that. I would it's, skip it's, that step altogether. Well, the thing too is there none of those details, like yeah. the, the um, headstone thing, wasn't in there. Jesus Christ, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah, Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. I just want to talk about the mysterious floating severed feet of the Salish (laughs) Sea. (laughs) Holy shit. It's not inspiring and it's not, you know, a survival story. It's just fucking weird. It's a series of weird things that people are trying to tell us isn't a big deal, and it is a goddamn big <laughs> They're trying to explain it away. They're trying to make me not theorize that there's a very specific serial killer or shark out there yeah. doing weird shit. Or a fucking duo of a shark and a serial killer. Oh my God. Yeah. A land sea duo. Yeah. A surf and turf killer duo. Yes. Yes. 
Canada, you've got it all. <laughs> oh, wait, is there... No, no. We'll be oh. moving here within six months. Wait, there's... Someone start the paperwork. There's one more photo. That's Misty now. There she is! Yep. Yep. She is in... She's on an I Survived. She's super badass on yes. I Survived. Amazing. Yep. If okay. you see her, say hi to us, please, Abbotsford. Oh. Look at this. All right. Do you recognize that? It's the West Coast. Oh, yeah. It's the West Coast of United States and Canada. We've been there that, this entire weekend. This is where we call our home this weekend. Up and I, down. Up and down. This up is, and down it. It's beautiful. Oh, we've driven hither and yon. <laughs> I asked Steve, This was the original, uh, but then I asked Stephen to uh, <laughs> zoom in. I asked him to zoom in, and this is what I got. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Stephen, can you make it look kind of like modern art and not uh, help informationally in any way? And he was like, I'm on it, Karen. I love you. So we'll just do that. Okay. Be a little more helpful. Okay. Oh, God damn it. Uh... I got this information from the National Post, the New York Times, a wonderful website uh, called Atlas Obscura mm. that I love. Vox.com did a really good kind of comprehensive thing on it. And then, of course, um, really, my second brain, Wikipedia. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, just conjecture. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, my own personal theories. <clears throat> okay, since August 20th, 2007... Beachcombers in the greater Vancouver area and up and along the west coast of the United States and Canada have been finding more than just the standard kelp piles and broken seashells oh. washing up on the sandy shores of the Salish Sea. Thank you. Wow. This is why I don't have time to do my hair. Oh, <laughs> uh, just waxing poetic on my laptop. Flourish of words. Having the best time. I was like, what is on the beach? Oh, well, there's piles of kelp. Sure. And of course, there's always part of a seashell that looks kind of red, and then it's just broken, and yeah. you fucking huck it. But you got to mention the sand. You go <laughs> Where would you be without mentioning the sand? Oh, that's true. You did. I, oh, I did, yeah, Sandy Shores. Oh, thank you. I thought you were pointing out that I hadn't. No. Yeah, I'm shaming you for not bringing up a fucking... Well, Karen, if you're on the beach and you're not talking about the sand, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I don't even know where... I can't visualize where I am unless you tell me <laughs> what is there. <laughs> okay, but that was for to say 16 detached human feet have been found along the West Coast waterway that connects the United States Jesus. and Canada. 16. You guys, what are you doing? What are you... What are you or any of us doing? Why do we even... All of these floating feet have had either a running shoe or a hiking boot attached, oh, except one. Most often, uh, they are New Balance, Nike, and of course, Ozark Trail, which can be uh, purchased at Walmart. Really? Yeah. New Balance, it's like New Balance, cool. Nike, cool. O Ozark Trail. Ozark Trail is like Timberland for poor people. Got it. It looks or exactly the same. People who aren't brand whores. Right, exactly. Maybe people who aren't so materialistic, yeah. Karen. They don't need a fucking label to define them. Labels. Um. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Am I right? Thank you. Labels. Thank you. That reminds me, this is very random, but when I got into the elevator at our hotel, um, as the doors were closing, I don't know why I want to just be in the elevator by myself so bad, but I really do. And when the you doors fart. are closing and someone throws their arm out, what'd you say? Sorry, nothing. Pretend I didn't. Did say. you say, did you fart? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do, but not that time. Okay. 
as the doors are closing, this old lady <laughs> throws an arm out and gets in with me. Uh-oh. And she's got a Chanel purse and I think a Chanel scarf. Does she smell not, really rich. She had a lot of things on. But she goes, what floor? And I was like, uh, said the floor. And then she goes, bon. <laughs> Whoa. Bon. Bon. And then when she got off on her floor, she went, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> She's aggressively polite. <laughs> and also, I could have pressed my own button. Yeah. Like, she didn't have, she ran that elevator for her. us. So then I didn't regret letting her on. Uh, Chanel, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, no. Okay. We go now to the first reported incident. On, on August 20th, 2007, on Jedediah Island, a girl visiting from Washington is walking along the beach, and she picks up a blue and white size 12 Adidas shoe with a sock inside. Why? Um, she that's she a, told her friend she'd bring her a present back yeah. from her trip to Canada. Like, that's not a bad question, right? No. Why? Um, Why? So, so she's a curious mind. She's an, an inquiring mind. <laughs> Have you ever picked up a fucking random shoe? Like, that's an just... old shoe. Well, she's like, perhaps there's some treasure in here. Oh. That's true. It could be full of, you don't know. It could be full of doubloons or something. Yeah. But no, instead there was a sock in there, and then when she opened the sock... Why? Why? Well, if you're going to do it, go all the way. Sure. And inside the sock is a man's right foot. <sighs> Six days later, on Gabriola Island, a couple... Isn't that the best island for <laughs> feet? Oh. So gorgeous. A couple find a men's size 12 white Reebok shoe with a foot inside. Oh. It's, gonna, it's always going to end like that. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop being surprised by it. <laughs> huh? No! I thought at least once you'd give me an empty one. <laughs> this fucking story. Can you please pepper them in? It's so funny because when you think about it, like a single shoe laying there is a very disturbing sight. That's true. You're like, so someone's running and their shoe came off? What? They didn't yeah. go back for it? Like what emergency yeah. happened here? Yeah. What story needs to be told? Yeah. So it's bad enough with just the shoe alone sure. on the beach. Then you're like... <laughs> a wet sock. <laughs> yeah. Then you op- unwrap it like a present. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, my friend Deanna's gonna love the. Oh, shoot. Oh. Shoot. Deanna, goddammit. Now I have to get her a sweatshirt. <laughs> Royal Canadian Mounted Police Officer Gary Cox is quoted as saying, finding one foot is like a million to one odds, finding two is crazy. Oh, Coxie. Good old Coxie. <laughs> Gary. Gary, you Gary, nut. I feel like if you're going to be giving press quotes, you're going to want to tighten up the yeah. language a little bit. Uh, Maybe. Gary, as a police officer, we don't like to let the press know we're surprised by anything. No. That's kind of against what we do. Try to do a thing where you're, hand, you're acting like you're handling it. Yeah. You're not as shocked as the 12-year-old girl who found the foot. <laughs> Maybe put your hand on your hip yeah. and... Use the word location and observe, stuff like that. <laughs> vehicle, they love to say vehicle. Pretend like you've seen some shit. Yeah. As my friend my Dalkey used to say, act like you've been in the end zone before. <laughs> I like that. It's football, right? <clears throat> <laughs> That's right, Georgia. Thank you. Sports. 
Six months later, on February 8th, 2008, a third foot in a size 11 white and blue men's Nike running shoe is found on Valdez Island, uh, also a right foot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then on May 22nd, 2008, a right foot is found inside a women's white and blue New Balance running shoe on Kirkland Island. No? Uh, nobody? <laughs> I'm like, that belongs to Costco. They don't like it. Yeah, they're like... <laughs> Those cheap jeans? We hate that shit. <laughs> that was weird because usually there's a sound or anything. At least one sad person. It, like, yeah. It sounded like everyone held their breath at one time. They're just like, <gasps> she's not talking about Kirkland Island, is she? <laughs> not tonight. We won't have it. <laughs> that one is off limits. Talk about literally Don't anything you else. Dare talk about my Kirkland Island like that. <laughs> a month later. Another foot is found on Westham Island, mm-hmm. right? That's Thank you. Exactly. Now we know everything's okay with yeah. Westham fucking Island. Yeah. It's a left men's blue and white Nike running shoe, and it's eventually matched through DNA to the right foot that was found <gasps> on Valdez Island in February. Uh. They're across the like channel from each other. Okay. Um, and eventually they're uh, identified as belonging to a Surrey man who'd been missing since 2006. Um, in November of 2008, a left women's blue and white New Balance running shoe is found on Kirkland Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, Guys. no, she's doing it again. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> this shoe matches the right shoe found in May and is linked by DNA to a woman who'd been missing since 2004. Mm. So a lot, eventually when people start theorizing, I mean, this is now we're up to like six feet and shoes. And people are, just start screaming again. People are like, this is quite something. It was, um, it had actually, sorry, made the, make sure I don't pick up my trivia and start talking about Jeff anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It had made headlines from newspapers um, all around the world, the Melbourne uh, Herald Sun, uh, The Guardian in London, Cape Times in South Africa. Everybody's talking about these shoes and feet. You guys, they know about you. (laughs) And they're so proud of you. Um, and it's called, the series of discoveries is called Astounding and Almost Beyond Explanation. Um, and actually, uh, one night on, uh, for a while, on Letterman, remember Letterman? <laughs> um, Letterman used to, anytime there was a Canadian guest on, he would ask him about the seven no. feet. Yeah. He would That's just check in and see if they knew anything. Amazing. He's, it's like I'm, the original hometown. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so on June 18th, 2008, another human foot is discovered on Tai Spit near Campbell River on Vancouver Island. It was a hoax. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was actually a skeletonized animal paw that what was that? put into a sock and a shoe and then stuffed with dried seaweed, you sons of bitches. By the biggest fucking asshole in the entire world. They're like, you know what's fun? What a dick. Severed feet. Did they catch you, did it? Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I wonder if it was Gary, launched an investigation into the hoax and an arrest (gasps) could be made Uh due to charges of public mischief. No. But that was 10 full years ago, so I bet we haven't heard, so nothing happened. That guy's grown up and he's sorry for it. Oh, what if he goes to church every morning because of it? Mm, then, I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's overreacting. Yeah. You so, know how men are. You know how that guy... <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I'm on that one. Less than a year later in October, I mean, this, sorry, this is a series of these. Uh, less than a year later in October of 2009, a right foot in the size, an eight and a half white, blue, and red men's Nike running shoe is found in the Fraser River. And this is eventually linked to a man who had gone missing a year before. Uh, then on August 27th, 2010, um, so like six months later in Washington State, a woman's right foot without a shoe or sock, you wooed at the wrong time now. <laughs> I, know, I know you didn't mean it. It's found on Whidbey Island. Uh, the whole island's here? <laughs> so many people. They canoed over from camp. Camp Whidbey. The current's going against us. It had been in the water for two months. Uh, and when they checked the DNA, there was no match in the national database. Um, then uh, s- about six months later, December 5th, on the tidal flats of Tacoma, Washington. A r- I mean, it's a weird cheering situation, right? Because you love your city and then here comes some foot news. <laughs> <laughs> A right foot inside a boy's six Ozark Trail hiking boot is discovered. Oh, no. But police say it could have been worn by a juvenile or a small adult female. It it's not. It still sucks. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make anybody feel better. No. Um, then on, uh, so like eight months later, August 30th, a men's size nine left foot is found in uh, a men's white and blue running shoe in the lagoon near the Plaza of Nations. Um, yeah, the lower leg bones were still attached. Ooh. So we're actually now talking about part of a leg that was found. <laughs> but it had that shoe, so we're going to include it in the series. <laughs> Just in case. On November 4th, a group of campers find a right foot in a men's size 12 hiking boot in Sassamat Lake. Great, in Port Moody. This will eventually be matched through DNA to a 65-year-old fisherman who'd been missing since 1987. Uh-uh. Isn't that nuts? Mm. Are you choking? No way, that's crazy. <laughs> Shit, I'm swallowing. <laughs> you, you do spit take uh. across the table. <clears throat> um, uh, let's see, on December 10th, I mean, it just keeps coming. It's like once a month. They try to tell us that doesn't mean something. Yeah. It fucking does. Yeah. On December 10th, a leg bone and a foot are found in a plastic bag <gasps> under the Ship Canal Bridge in Lake U- Union, Seattle. <laughs> Did you hear about the foot and leg? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! That's why we're here! <laughs> Listen, if we're ever hiring, you guys should get a job like this. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. It's so good. In Vancouver, um, on January 26, 2012, human bones inside a boot are found along the waterline at the dog park near the Maritime Museum. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's convoluted, that one, because it's a bummer, but then you know the dogs were kind of into it. <laughs> so they can't help it. They don't know. Bones. Yeah, 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 yeah. In October 
2012, a right foot in a white and blue men's tennis shoe is found in False Creek. DNA analysis, <laughs> that's very tasteful of you, False Creek. Mm. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. We're here. We're here, but we're being respectful of random feet. <laughs> DNA analysis links this to the left foot that had mm. been found the year before, also in False Creek. Mm. Um, so in Seattle on May 6, 2014, a left human foot in men's size 10 and a half white New Balance shoes with a blue trim, or it's just the one shoe, it's one foot wearing one shoe, is found <laughs> along the shoreline of Centennial Park near Pier, Pier 86 Grain Terminal. Um, Jesus, the hits keep coming. I mean, it doesn't end. Then, So then there's a little bit of a break, and then t- about two years later, February 7th, 2016, a left foot is found in a black, gray, and blue New Balance running shoe on the Botanical Beach in... Uh, on Botanical Beach on Vancouver Island. Um, Vancouver Island, you already cheered. Um, on February 12th, a right foot is found in the same color and type of New Balance shoe on, on Botanical Beach, and DNA matches it to the left foot that had been discovered five days before. Mm. It, I mean, here's the thing. There's no other body parts being reported yeah. as washing up anywhere. Just feet, feet, and more fucking feet. Yeah. It's enough to be creepy as fuck. They, they, they want to explain it away, yeah. which I'm going to do very soon and ruin everything. Great. But God damn it. Great. On December 8th, 2017, great. Great. <laughs> the remains of a leg and a foot inside a shoe washed up on Vancouver Island near the Jordan River, and they were able to match the DNA to a man who'd gone missing two months earlier. Mm. Then on May 6th of this year... A man, yeah, a man discovers a hiking boot with a foot inside wedged into a log jam on mm. Gabriola Island. Oh. What was he doing in a log jam? The well, guy who found it, I mean. Oh, he's got this weird perversion. We shouldn't talk about <laughs> okay, it. Okay, okay, it's none of my business. It's none of my business. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen log jam porn? <laughs> uh, okay, so here's some of the theories. Okay. Um, they ruin all the fun. When I first heard about this, when like the article started coming out of like, what is this series of severed feet? And I was like, yes, oh my God. And then of course, immediately people are like, well, if you uh, die in the water somehow, yeah. and in that area, there's lots of bridges. And so there are suicides of people that decide to jump off a bridge. Yeah. And um, apparently the the muscles and the things around your ankles are part, one of the weaker parts. So your feet disarticulate. Oh. That's a word I use constantly. Disarticulate <laughs> from the rest of the body early. And if you're wearing a running shoe or a hiking boot, there's so much plastic on it, oh. it flips and floats. And uh, apparently the, those these types of things feet and shoes can float for thousands of miles wow. on the water. And then they find a fucking unsuspecting 12-year-old yes. on a beach just trying to be on vacation to need therapy for the rest of their <laughs> lives. Um, so some people think um, disaster. Mm. So it's uh, victims of tsunamis mm. that are around the world, plane crashes, boat accidents. Um, we know people fall off of cruise ships a lot Jesus. and it's not talked about and we need to talk about it more. Yeah. Like right now. They just disappear off of cruise ships. Shut up. Should we talk about it right now? Yes. (gasps) Yeah. Let's never go on a cruise. Okay. I feel like if we had a My Favorite Murder cruise, which has been pitched to us by our agent, if anyone buys tickets, we'll be like, you're not a listener. 
You should, you should fucking know better. Yeah, you should know that if you get on that cruise ship, you will be killed. Yeah. You'll, dis- you'll be disappeared off that ship. Our agent's like, for some reason, you're not selling any tickets to this thing. <laughs> We're like, that's fucking right. They're as paranoid as we are. Yeah. Spencer Davis um, wrote in the Pacific Standard, when a body floating in water is subjected to the push and pull of its environment, the bones of hands and feet... Oh, I said that already. Or it's Spencer Davis's idea. They're always the first to fall off. And then this particular mm-hmm. current, it's a, it's you know, it's a, it's a strong and common one. Yeah. That's the. It goes like the this. theory. So it's like there's the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, right? <laughs> That's over here. Uh-huh. Then there's Foot Island over here. Uh huh. Uh huh. You do the math. And which one's the one that's kick the boot that's kicking the? No, that's, that's Italy. Italy. That's Italy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some people theorize that uh, drug dealers or organized crime members mm. <laughs> are they called members? Um, <laughs> they have membership cards uh, or the organization. Right. The uh, the members of the organization uh, uh, organized crime. They use this area specifically as a dump site. Huh. Because. You've heard of the very powerful arm of the Gambino crime family here in British Columbia. Nuh-uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. Gabagoo. <gasps> uh, Crazy. So there's, those are all the kind of the explanations, right? And they're right? probably there's, all a little right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, those are, they're reasonable. Yeah, 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 yeah. But let's do their unreasonable ones. Okay. Yay! Because. Those are way less depressing. Now, listen, nobody mentions this part, which I think is pretty fucking key, that right here in Vancouver, there's a shopping center called Leg and Boot Square. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yes, there is. And there's a reason it's called fucking leg and boot square, and that's because what? in 1887, a boot with a leg in it <gasps> washed up on the shores of False Creek. Nuh-uh. Wait, let me see if uh, I, have a pic- I have a picture of a boot from 1887. No. Oh, hold on. No. Oh, those are just shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Steven! Steven, we know what shoes look like. Oh. Steven just wanted to fucking... <laughs> He had a date. He wanted to get it over with. He's like, Karen, is this okay? You're talking about shoes, right? Okay. (laughs) None of these shoes have been found with feet in them, but but they're all available for purchase online. If you had to choose one, which one would you choose? I guess I'd choose a yellow one. <laughs> There's that boot. What? That's a boot from 1887. Mm. I don't know if it's the boot that was found. It's in good condition. Uh, also, I love the fact that the picture gets cut off before the actual yep. shoe part is yep. involved. Yep. If you had to spend <laughs> one night with that boot on, <laughs> where would you go? Would you get a th- what would you do? What would you have for dinner? <laughs> when can I come? I guess I'd have acres of clams. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. That's what that is. Boom. Now where am I? Oh, Leg and Boot Square. Right. The amazing shopping center that I saw six pictures of online. So gorgeous. Why do they name a whole... Okay. Because I'm telling you. Right. Somebody found a leg in a boot in 1887, and the cops, the local constables, they didn't want to go out and actually find who it belonged to, so they took the leg in the boot, and they stuck it on a pike and left it in front of the precinct office. It's just... Like, it's like a wanted poster, but it's just the actual. Have just, you seen... It, have you seen your own leg? <laughs> 
my god. And then after two weeks, they th- they threw it out because no no one claimed it. Did they recycle it? The recycling center. <laughs> that's right. Okay, and then Scott found the, it. That's right. And then Scott at the recycling center is like, "Are oh, you got to be kidding me? <laughs> I have to start a podcast. My life is nuts." So my theory is that the ghost of the person whose leg was in the leg and boot has come back to wreak havoc <gasps> on the police who never solved his miss. Thank you. What I'm saying is take the facts, take the information and give me something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one wants to talk about suicide. Let's talk about ghost revenge. <laughs> That's the shit. Yes, yes. In uh, 2016. <laughs> okay, but they still named an entire sh- okay Lake shopping and center. <laughs> Why would they? Boot. I mean, and it also seems like no one knew what that name was from. No. You're just calling it Leg and Boot. Yeah. You're just like, what? why do they call it that? I don't know. Some, anyway, some weirdo named it. This is the re- reality check part. Okay. In 2016, coroner Barb McClintock told the Canadian press that the most of the feet are the remains of people who died because of accidents or suicide. Of the 12 feet that had been discovered at the time of this publication, 10 had been linked to seven individuals. And she says, quote, we pretty well think we know what happened in every case. They're all very sad. But, but, since that article was printed, two more human feet have been found in the area. So let's not give up hope that it's a ghost shark. (laughs) It's the ghost of a shark. Oh. Coming back for revenge with his serial killer buddy. Yes. So he rides the ghost <laughs> shark. Yes. And then. Yep. Uh, one day, and it's the ghost of the boot guy. Yep. On the ghost shark. Right. It's two ghosts now. Heading. <laughs> to leg and boot square. To pick up a, a, his leg. And that is the story of the floating severed feet of the Salish Sea. Good job. Thank you. Wait. Steven! That's a Timberland! You don't have, don't pay Timberland prices when you can get Ozark Trail. Yeah. There's no need to do it. Are we gonna have to pay uh, royalties to use those photos? Yeah. Shit! I think so. Yeah, I think we have time for a hometown murder. murder! Vince! Look who's here! It's my husband. Is this microphone on? Yeah. Awesome. I forgot the present for the hometown people. That we, you didn't bring it? No. We, you, you, I'll run and grab okay, it. Okay, okay. We got you guys a present, whoever does it. The name of the porn movie in Big Lebowski is called Log Jabbin. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> and, with the facts. and Canada does not have Southwest Airlines. Oh. Is that true? I think from now on we need Vince to sit on the stage with a laptop yeah. and, and like a head mic. His corrections corner Be- with yeah. Vince. Living In real corrections time. corner. Yes, please. I'm going to go get the fruit skewer. Thank right you. <laughs> okay. Vince, everyone. Uh, Vince, Vince Averill. So... Tour manager to the stars. Oh, we're going to brief you very quickly. We, I know we really don't have to because you're Canadian and you're very polite. Yeah. But here's the deal, and I think you already know it. Um, for the hometown murders, we love it when it's local. If it can be a Vancouver story, definitely a British Columbia story, that's what we want. You think, no, it doesn't matter. My story is great and I'm from Chicago. Fuck you. <laughs> is our answer. Shut up! Um... <laughs> Is what we say to that. Um, 
Uh, don't be so drunk. Don't be so drunk that you can't follow your own line of thinking. Um, it should be quick, uh, beginning, middle, and end. It's, people always love a nice ending, so if you can tell us what happened, what, where the people ended up, um, if they ever served time, whatever, that's good. And remember that if you get picked, everyone else hates you, so you have to go nice and fast and keep it quick. All right. Um, I think oh, that's it. Thanks, Vince. Oh, oh, here it is. We stopped at a little, um, thank oh, you. Thank we you, We stopped at this, like, adorable time little like fruit stand mart and they and I freaked the fuck out when I saw this it's just a skewer with like fruit candy and like gummy worm gummy candy so it looks like fruit but, but it's, it's not fruit got, but it's candy do you do you guys have candy here so we're and Karen goes hometown present and, uh, and my, it was the best um you're picking tonight okay so can we get the lights right. up so Karen can get a good good look at y'all I'm going to feel it. I'm going to do it Ooh, more with my gut. shit. Look how many people Oh, my are God. Here. Oh, hi. Hi, oh back God. there. So excited. You're too high up in the... We can't... You're going to jump? Okay. Which oh, way? Oh, her. Okay. Can you turn the lights down? Because she'll freak out if she sees all these people. Thank you. It's terrifying. It's truly terrifying. See, it's Lexi, everybody. Say hi to Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Here, take this. Come stand here. Right in the Look, she's got the boots Holy on. shit. Oh, leg and boot. Leg, leg and boot. boot. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. She's the ghost. <laughs> I rode my ghost shark all the way here. Nice. Yay. Thank you. Where are you from? I'm from Vernon, British Columbia, which is... Yeah. What up, Okanagan? <laughs> Uh, so it's about, I, I don't know, a five-hour drive from here. Oh. So my hometown is actually very cool. It is a mass murder. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not cool, but... Yeah. yeah. Oh, we know. Oh. Yeah, we really know. That. You're doing great. I'm going to yeah. be over here. Uh, so uh, in April of 1996, uh, Mark Chahal left Burnaby. What up? No? Okay. <laughs> Fine. Fuck that. <No>. <laughs> Uh, and drove in his car to uh, the Kelowna Airport. At the Kelowna Airport... (laughs) (laughs) She's a security screener. Shut up! (laughs) Uh, At the Kelowna Airport, he then rented a van and drove the rest of the way to Vernon. The reason he was going to Vernon is because he was going to take revenge on his estranged wife, who had been living with her family there, and they were preparing for her sister's wedding. Mm. So in his, in his car, he had a 38 caliber semi-automatic uh, Smith & Wesson handgun, a 40 caliber Smith & Wesson revolver, and uh, something else, gauge shotgun. Yes. Mm. 15? So, a 15 or a 16? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gun. Yeah. Gun. yeah, those Absolutely. ones are the worst. Okay. Guns. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so he arrived at the family home at about 10.30 in the morning. He took both handguns out of the car and walked up the driveway where his ex-father-in-law was washing one of the cars. Mm. He then shot him in the face. Oh. Uh, and then he fired into the home through the front window and then went through the house. He shot everybody. Oh, my God. He shot his ex-wife. 
her sister, her grandmother. Uh, the only people that he spared were the children, which is oh, nice. Uh, he, <laughs> fuck, he fired 28 shots while he was in the house. And uh, then he left through the back door. The neighbors called the police. By the time the police arrived, six people were dead. Later, three more died in hospital. Uh, after he left, he drove back to his motel that he had rented, and uh, it seemed like he had planned on escaping, and instead he changed his mind. He wrote a suicide note and killed himself there. Mm. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. And that's the end. Good. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Perfectly <laughs> done. Was Perfectly done. Thank you. <laughs> Lexi, everybody. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Thank you. That was fucking horrifying and really fast. Wow. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh. See, this job gets hard sometimes, though, too. And that's because that's awful, and we hate it, and it's terrible, but it's this kind of little way for us to connect, and also because so many of us have this anxiety because we are well fucking aware that horrible things happen to people all the time and we're not fucking stuck up enough to think that we couldn't be those people too so we have this crazy anxiety but what we love about this community that's come together is that with each other we've shown each other that we're A, all into this fucking insane thing and fascinated with it but also all have this crazy anxiety and uh, what we love about this podcast is so many people thank us and tell us that they have sought help for that crazy anxiety because we're so open about it, which is just, I mean, the fact that they thank us is ridiculous and hilarious and wonderful, but it does mean a lot to us that you guys connect with each other through that anxiety and, uh, and take care of it because it's important. Yeah, Mental that's right. Yeah. And we also, we like to take this time just to say, you know, we do understand and realize that we are the luckiest people in the world. We, three years ago, just thought it would be fun, just like the dark poutine guys, we thought it would be fun <laughs> just to get together and talk about this thing that we love to talk to each other about so much. And and now we get to go on, t- you know, world fucking tours and we get to meet amazing people that are just like us, that have the same interests and the same passions and the same, you know, everything. And, and then we get to watch you guys all meet and connect with each other, which is probably the most beautiful part of yeah. all of it. Like people walking up and saying, because of you, I now have this best friend. Because of you, I'm closer to my sister. Me and my mom listen to this together. Like it's just the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And we're so lucky. So thank you very, very much for yeah. being here with Thanks, us. Guys. <clears throat> Vancouver, Canada, we fucking love you guys so much. You support the shit out of us. We'll always, we'll always come here on our tour. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight. It's been incredible. <laughs> Thank you. And stay sexy. And don't get Bye, you guys. Bye.